Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. Week one in the NFL season is already in the books and consigned to history, but what an opening weekend it was. No less than nine of the 14 teams to make the playoffs last season lost on the opening weekend, proving, if proof was needed, that on any given Sunday in the NFL, literally anything can happen. Hello, welcome along to the show. This is Graves on Gridiron. I am your host, Richard Graves, looking ahead to week two's action in the NFL. Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. Yes, welcome along to the show. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. It's great to have you on board. The format is simple. Each week, we look at the slate of games on offer in the NFL schedule and pick three of them and compare them against the line set by the odds makers, deciding whether the line is good, whether it's a little bit off, and then explaining the reasons why and perhaps offering a little bit of reasoning and advice behind those decisions. This week is no different. Having had a tough opening weekend where we went one and four against the line, plenty of upsets across the board on the opening weekend of the NFL season. We are looking to right the ship in week two. We have three more games selected from this weekend slate and we start in the Motor City Detroit, Michigan, where the Detroit Lions host the Washington Commanders. The Commanders coming into this game 1-0 against the Lions, who lost on the opening weekend and have an 0-1 record. Washington had a thrilling come-from-behind win over the Jacksonville Jaguars on home soil last weekend, but now they head to Detroit as underdogs. Are you kidding me? No, you heard me right. The Commanders are one-and-a-half-point underdogs, according to the line set for this game. Maybe it's the hype surrounding the Lions, generated by their appearance in this year's Hard Knocks. Look, I enjoyed that series as much as anyone else and got into it. But that in itself doesn't make you a good team. Maybe it's the fighting spirit they showed in defeat to the Eagles last weekend. Who knows? Either way, the point is, until this team actually starts winning on the field, all of that counts for naught. On the other hand, you've got quarterback Carson Wentz, who's much maligned, let's be honest about this. But what he did give Washington last week was belief. Belief that they now have a quarterback playing the position who can engineer a game-winning drive. Belief that this team is better offensively than it was last season. Look, don't get me wrong, we've only seen one game for both of these teams so far, and it would be wrong to jump to any sort of conclusions based on one outing. But the bottom line is this. This is a results-driven league. One team found a way to win last weekend. The other continues to lose. From Detroit, we saw pretty much what we already knew, namely that running back DeAndre Swift is a big play hitter. He can move the ball on the ground. Equally through the air, wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown can make big plays. Washington, though, have a new weapon of themselves now to complement their new quarterback who has a big arm. Rookie wide receiver Jahan Dotson hauled in two touchdown catches, different fashions, different styles, but made plays when his team needed it the most. The commander's head coach, Ron Rivera, is renowned for producing good defensive teams. Well, look out because right now the Commanders appear to have an offence which can at the very least complement the defensive side of the ball. On the other hand, in Detroit, you've got a team with character. They have passion aplenty, replicating what you see, mirroring what you see in head coach Dan Campbell. But as yet, frankly, that is not translating into wins on the field. This, make no doubt about it, will have been a game that Dan Campbell will have highlighted as soon as the schedule came out as one that the Detroit Lions could possibly take early in the schedule to give them that lift. 
They badly need that right now because for all the hype, all the goodwill around this team, they lost last weekend. Continuing a trend we've seen for several years. They need a win. They need to get back to 500 for as much as anything else for self-belief as well as making people like me believe. We've used that word a lot looking at this game. Bottom line, seeing is believing. We haven't seen it yet from the Detroit Lions. We saw it last week from the Washington Commanders. I like what I saw as well in the fashion with which they earned that win over Jacksonville. I cannot believe they go to Detroit as underdogs for this game. Take the one and a half points. Take the Washington Commanders at plus 1.5 to cover that spread. Okay, the second game taken from this week's slate, Caesars return to Dallas, Texas. Remember last weekend on the opening weekend pod of the season, I said, look, Dallas Cowboys on home soil, underdogs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, take the Cowboys. Boy, was that the wrong decision to make. The Buccaneers wiped the floor with Dallas last weekend. People can point to the fact that they lost their quarterback, Dak Prescott. That didn't happen until late in the fourth quarter. Their offense was inept throughout the game, even with Dak Prescott uh, behind center, under center at quarterback. That made no difference. Do you think they're going to get better now Cooper Rush steps in this weekend? No way. The odds makers seem to feel that way as well. They've set the line as at the Bengals as seven and a half point favorites on the road going into this one. Look, Cincinnati turned in one of their worst def- offensive uh, displays in recent memory uh, in losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers last weekend. Quarterback Joe Burrow threw four picks. He lost a fumble as well. And yet, despite that, he so nearly overcame it all to pull off what would have been an extremely unlikely win. He finished with stats of 338 yards through the air. He threw two touchdowns. This Sunday, he's looking to throw for at least 325 yards and two touchdowns for the fourth straight game. As bad as he was last weekend, quarterback Joe Burrow's the real deal. Running back Joe Mixon led the team with 145 scrimmage yards. Star wide receiver, second year wide receiver, Jamar Chase hauled in 10 catches for a score and 129 yards. This is an offense that is loaded. It has weapons. The good news is as well, T Higgins, who left the defeat to the Steelers with a knock, has been practicing this week. We expect him to be good to go um, in this weekend's outing in Dallas. What the Cowboys would give for those kind of stats in defeat. As bad as the Bengals might feel they were last weekend, let's make no bones about it. The Cowboys were worse. They were a lot worse. They were the only team in week one not to score a touchdown in the entire league. They didn't even make a single trip to the red zone in that defeat to the Buccaneers. They were held to just three points the entire game. The deepest they got into Tampa territory was Tampa's 31-yard line. This, bear in mind was the number one ranked offense, total offense, in the NFL last season. They could barely string two passes together last Sunday night. It was embarrassing, quite frankly, and I don't see it getting any better. An already fragile offensive line lost another player in Conor McGovern, the left guard, last weekend. There were injuries on the defensive side of the ball as well. Terrell Basham um, is lost for several weeks. Gerald Curse won't be available for this game. Let's be honest about this. If Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals can pinpoint Micah Parsons and be aware of where he is at all times, if they account for him, look, 
They're the champions of the AFC from last season, and they should, frankly, get this season up and running with a win in Dallas. Micah Parsons, I feel, is the only threat that they have to be aware of on every down. They should be able to comfortably handle the Cowboys, even in Texas this weekend, and cover the spread to boot. Take the Cincinnati Bengals to cover at minus seven and a half points. Graves on Gridiron. Okay, our last game of three sees the Minnesota Vikings up and running with a good win over the Green Bay Packers in week one. Travel to the city of brotherly love to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Also 1-0 after the opening weekend. The Eagles go into this game as two and a half point favorites. There's a lot of excitement surrounding the Eagles organization right now. They put up 38 points in a road win in Detroit last, last weekend. Their big offseason acquisition, A.J. Brown, star wide receiver, gave fans just a glimpse of the talent that he possesses and, understandably, why there's so much excitement about him arriving in Philly. He hauled in 10 catches for 155 receiving yards. And now look what awaits the Eagles this weekend. A first game on home soil. A raucous crowd awaits them at the link on Monday night football and national stage. For those of us like me who are just a little bit cautious and saying, hang on, tap the brakes on Philly, it's because that opening weekend win was over the Detroit Lions. It's because they nearly allowed the Lions back into the game. Okay, it might not have been as close in the end as the three-point margin would suggest, but the bottom line is they shipped 35 points to the Detroit Lions. They gave them just a sniff, a glimmer over the course of that game, and that's enough for me to say, hang on, let's not get carried away. In contrast, look at the Vikings, who were very impressive on their opening weekend win over NFC North rivals, the Green Bay Packers. Under new head coach Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings were superior, frankly, on both sides of the ball. They stifled Aaron Rodgers with their defense, while wide receiver Justin Jefferson lit up Green Bay's secondary. Nine catches, 182 yards, two touchdowns, which were both scored before the half. Look, admittedly, this was in the relative comfort of their own stadium, US Bank Stadium. But for me, it was a statement performance nonetheless. Monday night's atmosphere will be different. Let's not forget the Eagles are in the NFC East, though. Last season, that was arguably the worst division in football. Home field advantage is unquestionably so for the Eagles. A Vikings road win would certainly put the rest of the NFL on notice. Either way, I like what I saw from the Vikings last weekend. Eagles fans might get upset. You might feel I'm being harsh on you, but it's a show-me league. The Vikings showed us all last weekend what they're capable of. New head coach, new offensive philosophy, and they handled a very good Packers side comfortably. If they back this up this weekend, everybody watch out. The Vikings, for me, will be the real deal. I expect them to not only cover the spread on Monday night, I expect them to win outright in Philadelphia and move to 2-0. Take the Minnesota Vikings at plus 2.5 for this game. Okay, let's recap the three games selected from the Week 2 slate. First of all, take the Washington Commanders as one-and-a-half-point underdogs to win in Detroit. Second up, the Dallas Cowboys were poor last weekend. They will be worse without quarterback Dak Prescott this weekend. The Bengals are better than what we saw. Take the Bengals to cover at minus 7.5 points. And then on Monday Night Football, take the Minnesota Vikings on the road, albeit going to the link in Philadelphia to cover. Take the Vikings at plus 2.5. 
Remember, folks, first and foremost, this is supposed to be fun. Treat it as so. Enjoy the week to action. All three games, everything we've discussed, you can find either by hitting me up on Twitter at RichardGraves1 or go to my website, rdgmedia.uk, and hit on the Talking Sport tab. You will see Overcoming the Odds, week two in the NFL. All the details are there. It's been fun as always. I look forward to doing it again next week. Join us then and let's talk some more NFL football. Have a good week, folks. Subscribe to Graves on Gridiron wherever you listen to podcasts and keep up to date with the latest on Twitter. Search for Richard Graves 1. That's Richard Graves, the number one.